Hi, and welcome to the AAMDS podcast for patients, sponsored in part with the support from Celgene Corporation, as well as individual donors, patients, and other other generous support uh, from our patient community. Today, I have the privilege of speaking with Letitia Bracia, who is a longtime aplastic anemia patient who is recently diagnosed with MDS. My name is Julie Powers. I'm the Director of Patient Advocacy at the Aplastic Anemia and MDS International Foundation, and I am the lucky one who gets to interview Letitia today to talk to, to you all a little bit about what it's like to be diagnosed with MDS. So, hi, Letitia. Thanks for being with us today. Uh, good morning on my side. <laughs> <laughs> good morning, indeed. I think it's just afternoon here. So, okay. we are so glad to have you here. And just as a background, could you tell us when you were diagnosed with aplastic anemia initially? Yes, that was December of 2002. Oh my goodness! Well, that's that's what seventeen years and some change. Seventeen, yeah, eighteen years ago. My goodness! And when you were diagnosed with aplastic anemia, what kind of treatment did you end up having? Well, I had the ATG horse. Okay, very typical I was treatment. On, yes, I was on cyclosporin for nine months. Great. Uh, with other issues like Procred for the Reds, you know, transfusions transfusions for platelets also, um, didn't uh, didn't have any other issues. It took 22 months to get to be functionable. Sure, that seems about right. About two years seems very normal, doesn't it? Right. Now, yes. that, now you're a long-term survivor. So Yes, of, of aplastic anemia. <laughs> of aplastic anemia. Well, before we start talking about the myelodysplastic syndromes, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about um, what you've been doing in the in the years since you were diagnosed and went through treatment because you're awfully special to us at the foundation. And um, I thought you could tell uh, folks who might be listening to this uh, at home about how you've been involved in the foundation as a volunteer. Well, it, uh, I attended my first conference up in San Francisco and I was under treatment at that time. That was in uh, June, I think, of 03. And uh, if I hadn't gone to that conference, I think I, I think I was angry at the beginning because it took six months to be diagnosed. But once I got to that conference and I you know, got to speak to the rest of the aplastic anemia patients, then I started to understand what this disease is. If it wouldn't have been for the foundation and their conferences that I've attended, have tried to attend regularly, the, uh, to advocate for myself, uh, to um, learn things about it, to speak to other patients. I mean, every situation is different, you know, with our bodies. It's, everyone is different. But we seem to have the same concerns along this line when it came to aplastic anemia. So uh, for me to advocate for myself and to speak to the other patients, it didn't matter what age we were, the young ones, the, 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 uh, the ones that wanted to have children, the young ladies, uh, at the beginning of our conferences, we were kind of uh, hesitant to speak, but once someone started with, I have this, do you have that? So that was very important for, for me to listen and to learn. And in all these years that I've attended the foundation's conferences, that's where I got my hope from. That is such a great Great way to put that, Letitia. Thank you so much for, for sharing how you got to us. And, and then what you are being modest about is you haven't, you, you didn't, 
you didn't say, talk about this. I want to just ask you a little bit about since you attended your first conference uh, 17 years ago and yeah. you've continued to attend, you've also volunteered to help other patients, haven't you? Yes, and that has been very helpful, not only to the patients that call, but to me also because I get to hear what they are, you know, we all have questions and we all have fears and we it's like walking in a fog. We don't know what's at the other end of that fog. So that has been very helpful to me also. And speaking with the patients because, uh, you know, our situations, like I said, are different. So just to hear them, uh, to hear their concerns and to be able to address the things that they've asked me, that was helpful both ways, I think. That's wonderful. And I think that, I think you're right. I think as you've uh, continue to volunteer as a peer support network volunteer, you've made an impact not only on the lives of others, but it sounds like it's positively affected you too. Oh, yes. Where would I be? I mean, your HMO is not going to give you the information. You have to kind of advocate for yourself at all times. And now that I've been diagnosed with MDS, I, I, was, I wasn't satisfied. I was still looking for answers. Well, so what did you do when you were trying to find out more answers about about your new diagnosis of MDS? Well, uh, uh, the doctors here, I did have three separate in-house uh, conferences with the doctors and diagnosis, and at the beginning, they kept saying it was leukemia, it was leukemia. Somewhere in the back of my mind, I kept saying, no, no, no. I had called Lee Clark. She uh, suggested that I call Dr. Paquette, or there was another physician down in San Diego, California. But since Dr. Paquette at Cedar Simon was closer, I decided to uh, do outside of my HMO. And uh, I was able to speak to him since I've heard him speak at the conferences before. So I needed to find exactly what I was looking for. I was not satisfied with the leukemia business. I had to find out for myself. I mean, you know, your biopsy is there, but no one explains the biopsy to you. Right. And there's there's numbers and letters and, you know, in and outs, but the word leukemia just didn't sit right with me at this time. So I did uh, go out of, out of house, out of the, the, my foundation here, HMO, and I was so satisfied. The questions that I had, they were answered. Also, the information that Lee Clark sent me, I was able to read the booklets that she had uh, supplied me with, and I also spoke to other two patients who had have MDS, so I was able to gather my information and put my brain at ease because I'm the type of person that if it doesn't sit right with me, I have to find out. Absolutely. I love that your intuition and your experience played into your decision to get that second opinion, to look to the foundation for support. And I'm so glad that you were able to get to Dr. Paquette. But I think, oh, the, yes. but what I love the most and the thing that just makes me, makes me smile is that for someone who is as long-term a survivor as you are and who has been helping others for, you know, 15 years as a volunteer, you in turn needed someone to mentor you through these first few months of diagnosis with MDS that is why we do what we do, and that makes me so happy that it was helpful. Oh, it was more than helpful. Where would we be? Think about that. I had to, I had to speak to my doctors. Uh, I, I think that when you speak to your doctor, they don't think that you know what they're speaking about. Right. And if it wouldn't be for the foundation 
and the information that we gather together, we wouldn't be able to address what they're, what they're saying to you. That's great. That's really important information, Letitia. I'm so glad you, you brought that up because you are a well-educated patient. You have a long history of getting a diagnosis, going through treatment, being a survivor. So as you think back on the last, you know, since you were recently diagnosed with MDS, what's different this time for you? It's a new journey. I think I got com- comfortable with aplastic anemia. I gave her the name of Annoying Alice for AA. Because, you know, it would pop up here and there. So I gave her annoying Alice every time, you know, the body was not in sync. I would just say annoying Alice is here. And, you know, everybody knew what I was speaking about. But this time around, it's new for me. I don't think I was paying attention for the PNH or the MDS or anything else at that time. So it's a new journey having to... um how to maneuver your brain and your body to be in sync. As I told my doctors, both of them, especially the one that I've had since 2003, I spoke to him and I told him that I wasn't looking for heroics. I wasn't thinking that he was going to treat the disease itself. I wanted for him to treat the symptoms. Sure. And I told him again, I'm going to be 80 years old in March. I'm not looking for that quantity of life business. I'm looking for quality of my life, of whatever is left. I want to enjoy what I have. And so he looked at me and he says, don't you want to live longer? I said, well, that's not up to me. That's up to the body, whatever the body wants to do. But at this point in life, I'm not planning to live to be 100, treat my symptoms. Letitia, you are an inspiration to all of us, really. Those are the, some Thank of the you. most powerful words, is that quality of life is more important than quantity of life. And Yes. And I would imagine that after your, your experience of living almost a quarter of your life as a bone marrow failure disease patient with aplastic, it brings a lot of sort of understanding of your body into these new days with MDS? Well, at the beginning with aplastic anemia, I had to learn a lot. I had to learn how to navigate the body. Sure. I had to learn my limitations. I had to learn how to designate my energy. And that was a little difficult for me because I like to be in control. (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't like someone telling me you can't do that. And I, I always say, why can't I? So that was a little difficult for me. For the family also, because at that time I was taking care of my mother and my husband who both had cancer. So my focus went away from aplastic anemia. Even though I was tired and whatnot, I, I went away from that to focus on them first. And I had to learn... Uh, when you're tired, as the doctor said, when you go shopping and you're shopping for the whole day in the mall and your feet hurt, he said, what do you do? I said, I sit down and rest. That's what you do. Right. That's very smart. That's what you do. So as we're, as you as you're shifting um, from a longtime survivor of aplastic who is doing a good job of managing the the lingering side effects of the disease... And now that you're looking at MDS and you're, you've talked to your doctor about wanting to treat the symptoms and not necessarily right. going for a curative treatment, um, right. you know, um, are, you, are you taking any new medication or doing anything new for the MDS that's different from what you were doing for aplastic? 
no, there's no medication at this time because, like I said, I did tell him uh, that I did see Dr. Paquette and Dr. Paquette did um, send him the his findings and, you know, they conferred since they know each other. Uh, there isn't anything to be done at this time. He's watching and waiting. Right. Uh, his advice is always enjoy your life. That's lovely. That's what he always tells me at the end of the visit, enjoy your life. So, like I said, I like to be in control. I push myself. Uh, I do my chores. I've gone to cruises. Ooh. I've traveled. Yes, I've done cruises. Uh, I'm planning another one in May. So, I still travel. Uh, I do what I want to do. Uh, Patricia, she's my caregiver. She's been with me through all of this. So, she's the one that gets to see a little bit more of what my other children will get to see. Uh, it's like, how do I put it? You know, when people get sick mm-hmm. and they you have a cold, you know, they get sick, they go around, to, you know, take whatever, aspirin, you know, to, to get themselves better. Sure. And then they come out of it. But with this disease, people are expecting for you to hurry up and get well. Very true. Chronic illness uh, is hard to understand, isn't it? Yes, a lot of people do not um, do not understand the reasons why you don't attend certain functions. Sure. And, uh, you know, when you're tired, you're tired. You know, what can you do? Absolutely. But uh, I've, I'm, like I said, there is no medication at this time. I'm so glad that it's MDS and not leukemia at this time, so my doctor says. Right. But it's a new, it's a new journey, something that I still have to learn about, something I need to learn how to navigate this one. Absolutely. You know, like, like I did with aplastic anemia. Like I said, again, I think I got too comfortable with a plastic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wouldn't blame you for that. It makes good sense after all those years. But you're right. And, you know, at the beginning of our discussion, you said it took you almost two years to understand. 22 months months to understand the disease, to get through the treatment, and to kind of reset your life. So maybe once you hit that 22-month mark with EMDS, you'll, you'll be in a different headspace, don't you think? I think so. It all depends on what you, what you, you know, there's people that shut down sure. mentally. They, mm-hmm. they don't want to hear it. They don't want to know about it. You know, the less they know, they don't want to talk about it. It's not going to go away. So you have to li- learn how to live with it. Absolutely. Well, before we sign off for this, for this chat, I wanted to say, I wanted to just ask you one more question. And you sure. answered part of it, but I want to wrap it all up. Is I know the things that you found that are are good for you. You've got a wonderful caregiver. You have um, some peer support network volunteers. You have the foundation and our conferences and our educational materials. But what other things do you do to sort of help you manage your disease or diseases, as the case may be? Uh, Well, like I said, again, if the body says you're tired, you're tired. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do have uh, two senior centers that I do attend. I do try to socialize with my friends, and they have issues also. Sure. So uh, we laugh a lot. We, each of us laugh at our own issues. And I think that's important also to have, you know, laughter in our in our life. But I do attend my senior center. I, uh, I, do, I play mahjong. Oh, how fun. Uh, yes, I do that for the brain. <laughs> that's important, isn't it? Keep your brain active. Yeah. You have to do that. So, you know, you you do what you can to to enjoy yourself, even though, you know, you have issues like you get tired or 
you know, your body and your brain are not in sync that day. You still find something to to keep you going. And like I said, uh, for me, it's it's looking for enjoyment. Lovely. Whatever it might be. If well, I want to go outside and sit in, under the sun, that's enjoyment for me. Oh, how cool. Well, I'm so glad that we had a chance to talk with you today. I think that you were an inspiration to patients of all ages. And, you know, we're always here for you. So thanks so much for being with us today. Bye-bye Thank now. Thank you so much. Bye. Okay, bye-bye.